Welcome to a special 58th New York Film Festival edition of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Today, NYFF Director of Programming, Dennis Lim, connects with director Christian Petzold to discuss Undine, the latest from the filmmaker behind Phoenix and Transit. In his new film, the German director injects a mythological element into a lush melodrama about a pair of star-crossed lovers, Undine, played by Paula Beer, a historian and museum tour guide specializing in urban development, and Christoph, an industrial diver, linked by an affinity for the water. Undine screens at the Queen's Drive-In tonight. Learn more at filmlink.org. Let's go now to the conversation. Thank you for listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Make sure you don't miss a thing by subscribing to the Film at Lincoln Center newsletter, featuring weekly programming updates, new podcast episodes, special offers, and much more. Visit filmlink.org news. Welcome to the Q&A for Undina, one of the films in our main slate this year. Uh, I am very pleased to be joined by the film's director, Christian Petzold from Berlin. Uh, and uh, helping us with translation, if needed, uh, is Margaret Kepler. Thank you for being with us. Um, Christian, I'm just going to start by asking you to maybe say a little bit about the appeal of mythology and fairy tales for you. Um, I feel like one of the defining uh, qualities of your work is this tension between, on the one side, realism, and on the other side, whatever you want to call it, fantasy, dreams, uh, genre, myth. And I feel like Undina is a film in which you maybe push the furthest into, into that side of things. For me, it's, you, you know, I'm living in Germany and we, the Germans, we love our literature and we love uh, uh, not so much the cinema. For us, uh, cinema, it's a medium to transport literature. But for me... Uh, cinema has more to do with, with oral history, with oral stories, with songs, fairy tales, yeah? and it's more for, for the people yeah? and not for, for the literature clubs and circles. Yeah? And so I'm always, uh, um, I have two children now, they're adult, uh, but I have read all the German fairy tales by Gebrüder Grimm or, or Hauf yeah, to them. And I, I can, I can uh, feel that there is an experience, a popular experience in them. And um, this is something what I can find also in the, in the very early cinema I, I, I'd like until today, if it's, if it's uh, Murnau, yeah? if Murnau is based on, uh, on myths and legends and also uh, Fritz Lang loves it. Yeah? And uh, so it, it, this is a tradition we have lost a little bit in Germany because now we want to be serious after Second World War. We are just serious, yeah? no fairy tales anymore. And for me, also, the, 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 the cinemas near the train station with their cheap stories, with their sexualized stories, with, with, the, with things which happen, uh, the crime stories, the pipe stories, this is for me cinema. And I've, this is my, uh, my, yeah, my, my, my fundament. Huh? Foundation. Hmm? Yes. Foundation? Foundation. Mm -hmm. Oh, foundation. That's very good. Can you say a little bit about this particular uh, myth, uh, the Undina myth, which I think maybe occupies a, 
a particular role in, in German mythology and maybe for, for, for German speakers has maybe a different significance uh, from, from people outside Germany? And, and, and I must say, when I read this book from, by, by Spoto about Alfred Hitchcock, yeah, he, mm-hmm. there, there are some chapters in where um, Alfred Hitchcock is a male subject filled up with, with, a, with a sexual desire for his blonde uh, actress. Yeah? And uh, it, he, this book reduced Hitchcock yeah, a little bit. But in the, I remember that in this book, the, uh, the, wor- the word mermaid or nymph or undine was in. It's, I think it's, it's, um, it's a story about the, um, um, a, male, a male desire and a male projection and a, a, and a woman as an object. Yeah? And it's, it's like this. And so we, Nina Hoss and I, we discuss it, this Undine myth uh, since 20 years yeah? because it's, it's a setting. Yeah? It's a setting of, um, of, uh, of a male director and a blonde actress. Yeah? It's a little bit like uh, a, a female blonde singer in a, in a male jazz group or so. Yeah? It's all, all, always the same projection. And then um, I like, but I like uh, the fairy tale or the myth behind because it's, it's more complicated than, than this three, four sentences I can talk about this. It's uh, when, you are, when you are in love with someone yeah, and this one uh, uh, doesn't love you back yeah, and you are very alone and you are near uh, committing suicide, there is in this myth, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, there is a possibility. You can, you can go into a forest, and there is a small pond in this forest where Undine is living in. And you can shout out her name, you call her, and she's coming out of the water, naked, always naked, long hair, and uh, very beautiful. And she come to you and she embrace you. Yeah? And, she's, uh, and she will say, I'm yours forever. And this is a contract. And uh, when you want me, yeah, uh, then, uh, then the contract is signed. And uh, if you leave me, I have to kill you and I have to go back into this pond and wait to wait for the next guy. Yeah? And this guy says, oh, you are so beautiful. I never want to leave you. Like all men, um, you know, the stories, men and prostitutes, I take you out here. You are my lover for, uh, and so on. Yeah? And uh, so this guy takes Undina with him into, uh, into his life, into, in, uh, into his social life. And because he is now yeah, uh, in, in, in company to this beautiful young woman, uh, the other woman is now interested again in him. Yeah? And uh, so he, ca- he goes back to the original yeah? and leaves, leaves Undine alone and Undine has to kill him. And this is the picture I like so much in this uh, um, uh, novel or myth by Fouquet from the 19th century, a romantic writer. Uh, Undine uh, came into the marriage suite yeah, where uh, uh, the guy's uh, lying in bed with, a, with, a, with this woman and she's uh, in, in a bubble of water and she take him for a last hug yeah, into this bubble until he's, uh, what's the word, word drawn? He's drawn? No, no. Drowned. Drowned. Yeah. And, um, and then the water is going out of, out, out of her. She's standing there naked. Yeah? And she said, I, my, my, my tears killed him to death. Yeah? And so as the water is the tear. And this, uh, um, I like so much this, uh, this, this picture. And, um, 
this was the basis of, uh, of, of Undine. Yeah? But the real basis was that I've read a book by Ingeborg Bachmann about this legend, about this myth. And in, in, this, um, uh, in this book, she, she's telling the story from the, out of the perspective from Undine. She said, I don't want to be uh, the desire of men and uh, grab an identity by, by a man's, um, man's desire anymore. I want to be by, by my own. Yeah? And this, is, uh, this was the start of uh, making this script and this movie. Long mm -hmm. answer, sorry. No, no, no. So um, to follow up on that, uh, a question about, about writing, and actually because you've um, often worked with uh, existing uh, texts or sort of you know, adapted in a way like Transit and Phoenix are based on, on texts. And you've also um, in a way adapted uh, or sort of worked with um, existing films like The Postman Always Rings Twice or Carnival of Souls. I'm wondering if the process of, do you think that this is like a process of adaptation when you're working with a myth like this? Or because, you know, this is a myth that itself has been, as you've suggested in your last answer, already been adapted and, and, and changed uh, many times over the years. Yeah, I, I think that cinema um, don't have to be very original. Yeah? It, it can, it can I, I think, adapt. Adaptations, adaptations or adaptions? Adaptations. Adaptations. Uh, when I, I saw two Howard Hawks movies, they are based on the same script. Yeah? There are 10 years between them. Yeah? And it's totally, totally different movie. And for, for, I, I like this on Tales that, that someone is telling you a story and uh, another, this guy uh, goes to another guy who is telling the same story, but it just changed, it changed a little bit. Yeah? And so I, I like this on cinema, this oral thing that, uh, that you are a very bad witness. Yeah? And, and you're telling your, 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 your own point of, from your own point of view, a new perspective of something. For example, The Postman Always Rings Twice. Uh, Harun uh, Faroki and I, we read the book by James M. Cain. Yeah? In, uh, we, we have done it in, in Berkeley together because I have to learn English and therefore I have to read it. And uh, Harun told me for him, this book is uh, it's a book about, about uh, the class struggle in the USA. And I said, for me, when I read the book, it's, for me, it's about racism because this guy's Greece yeah? and the Americans kill, want to kill him and want to have his money. It's a, it's a racism story. Yeah? And so we have two perspectives and then I, um, we came to, I came to Germany and my wife is Turkey and I think about the east part of Germany, so many fascists, neo-fascists there. And the book by James and came find a new space and, and also a new social structure. And so it, it's for me, it's also a new story. And this happened also with Undine. Yeah? Which you, which you can do as an as a as a period picture or fairy tale picture or or picture for the afternoon television. Yeah, it's uh, so. I'm, but all, I always have to find a, a position to tell the story. And the position for for me was um, the um, the perspective of Undine, who's living there, and the first time in her life she for herself started to laugh, and mm -hmm. she's not only being laughed. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Yep. Um, no, that yeah. was great. Uh, I, I wanted to ask about the, 
your decision to work with um, the two actors from Transit, um, Paula Baron and Franz Rogowski, again here. Um, I think the idea of the ghost um, is 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 a significant one in your work. And in some ways, Undina seems to me to be a film that's uh, haunted by your other films. Um, mm -hmm. And I think maybe this idea of uh, the actors carrying over has something to do with that. Can you say but your decision to work with, with Paola and Franz again? Yeah, I must say that the, the time in Marseille when we made uh, Transit for me was a real, really new experience. I have two actors uh, with Franz and Paula who are not, um, were not part of this big German players education and this big theatre education schools in Germany where you find a special, it's a special style of playing. I, I'm not so, I don't like it so much. Yeah? And uh, so the, these two are the first who, who, who never have been in a, in a school like that. Yeah? Uh, Franz, Franz is a dancer. And Paula, as a young girl, she was also a dancer and she make everything by herself. And so in transit, I have two uh, new styles of acting. It's more dancing, it's more thinking about the space, yeah? not about the dialogue so much. And it was for me, it was a fantastic experience. And then at the 28th um, day of shooting, uh, we we are in a little melancholical uh, mood, yeah, uh, very sentimental because it's going to an end, and we have to leave some of the shooting places for forever. And uh, then I, we, had, we three are sitting on a table in in a pizzeria, yeah, where we shoot uh, had shoot a movie for more than ten days. And I said, okay, Paula, you are you uh, you are dying in the in the sea, yeah, you are. Uh, with uh, with Schiffsbruch, uh, I don't know. Yeah, shepherd. Yeah, shepherd. Yeah. Shepherd, and uh, so and and you, uh, Franz, you are uh, you are on land in a in a harbor, and you are waiting. Perhaps the dead, the dead Marie uh, was was Paula's mm -hmm. name in the movie. Perhaps Marie will come back from from the dead. Yeah, and uh, so the next movie, it's so that she. Is coming out of the water to look to, to to look and search for him, and he's going as a diver into the water to look and search for her. And so I have a little bit uh, that Undine and Transit has something to do also for biographical for to, for the actors. Yeah. Right. And so, but this is sort of how you you work usually. There's always there usually is a relationship to a previous work, and you also have um, been conceptualizing the films as as loose trilogies um, with the period films. And then this one you're saying is um, your elements trilogy, right? So you, yeah. start with, you start with water. Yeah, and that's right. And now, it's, uh, now I'm writing on fire. The red, okay. the red sky is the name of the next uh, movie, but I will, uh, will realize the movie when the pandemic is gone, not before, because it's, um, it's always also something to do with, with, with love yeah? and uh, kissing and homosexual love too, and, and I want to see bodies and so on. And I can't do it with masks and, and so on. I want to do it the real, yeah? but uh, you're right. It's, but it's, I'm, I'm a Protestant and um, I, um, someone asked me about uh, the element water in Undine. And uh, and I said I'm working. I said I'm working on a um, on a trilogy because I want to set myself on fire 
to, to work on with two other things. I have no idea, but now I, I have to do the trilogy. This is an old trick by Harun Faroki. He said, always make thinking about trilogies so we have to work on, work on, work on. And you are thinking in serials and, 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 and patterns and uh, you're working on the difference, I would say, in France, or in, on the, yeah. And so this I like to to work a little bit like in the 40s and the 50s. The people make one movie after another, and they have some, they have a correlation. Yeah? Um, I wanted to come back to um, a question about the the character uh, of Undina, and can you talk about how you conceptualized her job at the museum, and also how you see this the history of Berlin. I mean, that is like, I think another important aspect of the film, how that fits in with your exploration of this myth. I, I have a, a metaphorical picture in my head. It's, um, it's for example, when you, when, you, uh, when you can see how many forests are burning in the world, not just in California and Brazil and, uh, and all the wild animals, they have to, they come out yeah, because they, because they're, they they are burning yeah and then there's no uh, there's no space for them to live on yeah it for me i have the same idea to for indina that we dried out our country yeah we because we are building canals we are destro destroying the nature and so we also destroying the black the black forests the dark waters the, the all these spaces where fairy tales and, and nightmare stories have uh, are could could have happened. Yeah? So we are we are losing the space and the rooms and uh, the moods from from fairy tales. Yeah? And and um, I have this this picture that you see that you see a, a dried sea yeah? or a dried lake and fishes are, the fishes are lying on and drying on the ground. No water anymore. And for me, Undine is like this fish. Yeah? She's, she, there is no lake, there is no water, there is no myth anymore. Yeah? No, no miracle, no, no, no witch, uh, bewitched, uh, bewitched things. Yeah? And uh, so she has to, to work. Yeah? And so she, uh, she is working about the history of Berlin. It's a story about drying out uh, a region to build up a city. This is, Berlin means swamp. Yeah, the word Berlin means mean swamp, and and uh, how she's telling in the movie. Uh, on the other hand, the meaning is a, a dried swamp, and on dried swamp, Berlin is built up. Yeah, and so we have, you have this the swamp where the fairy tales and uh, the myths uh, are, and you have the city where everything is out. Yeah? So do you understand this? This is really. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't lie but, to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> but what about the, what's the, what is significant to you about the the um, the building that is discussed in uh, you know the scene where she previews um, the presentation? Can you say a little bit? Specifically? This is, I must say during the premiere, the um, the, the, the the female minister for culture was sitting beside me, and with this part of the movie was she was totally nervous yeah, because this is really ridiculous what what we are um, had made there this was in it's so in 
in there was a palace yeah in in the prussia time yeah and after and it, uh, this palace was destroyed during the war yeah second world war by bombs yeah? the german democratic republic the communist put away the rest of the ruins and built a new palace of the people yeah der palast der republik a really ugly place i must say yeah? a really ugly place but it's a place yeah? it's it's representing them yeah and after 89 when the capitalistic world has won the war yeah? uh, the cold war they destroyed this again and they built up the old palace yeah? from 1750 or so but inside the palace just just the um, um, yeah. The shell, the outside. Yeah, the just, just, yeah. They, they built just the shell of this palace and inside there's a mall and a museum. And I must say, what, what, what thinking of history is this in Berlin? And Paula Bear or Undine is telling us the story and you can see it. She makes it in a very intelligent way. Also, during she, uh, she's talking about this, you, uh, we, have, uh, we have a real audience by uh, people his, uh, from, from the university and she has to, uh, to, to speak very, very clever and very good. And she's doing so, so good that the minister besides me during the premiere was really nervous and she's always uh, talking in my, in my ear, I haven't. I, I'm not responsible for this. I'm not responsible for this. <laughs> this, this I like very much. Uh, I just wanted to come back to ask you about um, water. Uh, one question I had was um, just the practical, or maybe just formal, uh, practical challenges or sort of formal ideas that you had with water being such an important part of the film. Water has been an important part of many of your films, but here I think you you kind of go further with um, actually shooting quite a bit underwater. Um, and I know you've been working with the same DP, uh, Hans, from for many years, and I'm just wondering if there were new, new challenges, new situations uh, in this film for, for both of you. Yeah, we have, we have long discussions. We, we had, could, could have been better if we had used uh, uh, computer animations, uh, cheaper, not better, cheaper, yeah? But I'm an old fan of Ray Harryhausen, yeah? My, my, yeah? I must say, I, I love these movies, yeah? Because, and also I said to the uh, both actors, Paula and uh, Franz, that we, we build up a real, a real world, yeah? A real world with real, real fish and real, uh, um, underwater world. And we have seen movies, for example, I can give you a good example. In this movie by Charles Lawton, Night of the Hunter, you can see uh, the dead Shelley Winters in a car yeah, underwater, mm -hmm. yeah, she's dead. And her hair, her blonde hair is like this, like this uh, sea, sea uh, seaweed. The seaweed, yeah, wow, yeah fantastic, yeah. yeah. And this is the physical, uh, it's, it's a physical impression I, I, I have. I showed that to also to the actors and also to the set designers. And I said, how we can do this, this underwater world like this? And they say, okay, we need a swimming, a, a big tank, a really big tank, yeah? but we need a water temperature very high. 38 degrees yeah, because of the diving and the working underwater and so on. But 38 degrees means that when we have sea, uh, uh, sea uh, wood, yeah, 
on, underwater. And 38 degrees, it, it start directly to get algaes. Algae, yeah. Algae. So, we, uh, so uh, nobody, it's, it's like poisoned water then. Yeah? And so we have to work for more than four, four weeks with, uh, with, uh, with um, artificial uh, um, um, botanic things yeah? uh, um, to, to, find, to find the Shelley Winters hair, for example, <laughs> like this. And, but it's, it was a fantastic experience because we have shoot, shoot the first five days underwater with the actors in this bewitched uh, uh, um, world, what we have there underwater. So also they are impressed and I need uh, to impress the actors that they can impress us. It's like this. And if we have done it in, in front of a green screen or blue screen, uh, this is nothing. It, it, it's, uh, there's, no, there's no power inside of this. So uh, just one last question. Uh, the last time you were here, you, you caused a bit of a stir uh, by declaring yourself a fan of Den of Thieves. Um, oh, my God. I remember. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so many uh, people bought this record now. This was, uh, so I'm wondering if you have any updates, anything else you've liked recently that might surprise people. I think I can't. I must. I must say I've seen um, some movies in the last time. First Cow, you know all these movies. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. First Cow, I like very much. The Souvenir by Johanna Hook, I like very much. Uh, um, the Safdie Brothers movie is great. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one. Yeah. And so I, I think it's not really new stuff I've found. Uh, I, you know, I infected myself with uh, with uh, with COVID in March and April. And I have seen many, many movies, but I must say, I make a film festival by my own based on my DVD library. Yeah? And this was the best festival uh, ever has been. I have seen two Ozu movies, one Bresson movie, th uh, three Chabrol movies. It was movies I know, but I have seen them on another, uh, in another mood or also as something very new. So I hope that uh, that uh, we in, in in the in the future we can we have curated programs yeah? really curated programs therefore i hate amazon and netflix it's not curated it's it's for me i, I have I've had an ed headache after so now I'm, I'm based on my dvd but i must uncut gems uh, it's it's a netflix production i remember but it was not in the german cinemas yeah? it's just on screen, and this is really fantastic work. Uh, I'm, I was a little bit disappointed about that. How are you doing now? Have you fully recovered? I'm, I'm, fu I'm fully recovered, and um, I hope so. Yeah, that there was no flashback or this, uh, <laughs> and, and but I must say the dreams are not so bad. Yeah? I have uh, the the fever dreams. Ah. Some of them are uh, X-rated, yeah? but. Um, <laughs> But many of them are really fantastic, and I changed. I, I've, I've bought um, an, a novel by Simenon. Yeah, I want mm. to make a movie out, and I uh, I said no to this uh, because it was too dystopia, dystopia, dystopian. Yeah, and I changed uh, into this fire story, uh, Red Sky, because I want when I said to myself when I'm health healthy again and out of this shitty bed yeah i want to make uh, i want to work on love and young people and not 
about uh, a world which is in a breakdown situation. I mean, maybe the fever dreams will be good for the fire movie. So <laughs> Two of them <laughs> are inside the script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the X-rated too. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, we have to get you back here for that one. Um, but uh, it's too bad you couldn't join us, but we're delighted to have the film. Uh, uh, Christian will also be participating in a live talk um, with the director, Heinz Amicholz, later in the festival. So um, stay tuned for details of that. Christian, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.